Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to the Construct Your Life podcast. This is Austin Linney here, and I have the honor of having uh, Mr. Jack in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful, Austin. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, man. You have a you have a wild story, man, and uh, you know that's why I'm really excited to bring you on and, and kind of uh, talk about what you do, but talk about what you've been through and, and, and just share you know, all wisdom that you've learned over the years. So, you know, with my guests, what I like to do is let them tell their story and start where they want to, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, you know, I'm, a someone who as a kid didn't know what I didn't know. And so as a kid growing up, I was a very strong proponent of the victim mentality. So anytime something didn't happen the way I didn't want it to happen, God forbid, right? My reaction to it was absolutely terrible and it made things worse. And it was occasion after occasion after occasion, um, whether it was, you know, broken feet, broken nose, leg saving surgery, reconstructed hip surgery, shoulder surgery, um, concussions, all this type of stuff. I kept doing and reacting the same way which if that's not the definition of insanity, I'm not sure what it is, you know? Um, and, and what I finally realized about two and a half, three years ago was, you know, this whole suffering thing is something that you can get good at responding to what happens to you. And I had a doctor, you know, diagnose me and, and tell me I had this uh, really rare, rare form of kidney disease and he basically said, you know, I told you just about your kidneys, but it doesn't mean you have to be stressed and depressed. And it finally just clicked. I was like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> I don't have to respond and throw a pity party. And woe is me, um, you know, and, and get all this attention from being the person who's been through a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I connected a lot to that quote that, you know, sickness and injuries, it's a problem for the body, not the mind. It's only a problem for your mind if you decide it is. And it was just that one simple conversation. That was that light bulb moment where 23 to 24 years, I reacted to adversity the same way. And then finally, I, I just, it was my aha moment where I started to change. And I know that was a big scan through, but that's in a nutshell, what has gone on with, with me and my 27 years on this mud rock floating through space. Well, um, in the same vein of that, if you talk to, because uh, I deal with it from time to time, if you talk to divorce guys, they're like, right? Like, you know, they tell me like, she rejected me. That's what they say. Like, she rejected me. And I'm like, yeah, and she's one person. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, that means that like, and I love that that doctor said like, yeah, there's a kidney problem, but your arms, your legs, your brain, they still work. <laughs> yeah, he was very insightful because he could tell without even asking me, he could just tell I wasn't doing well mentally. I just was very short with my words and it was just obvious, you know, you, you can body language, breathing, you, you know, the drill. And, uh, that was, 
I perked up when he told me that. And it was just unbelievable. From there, it was a matter of like, okay, how, you know, and it was just trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And it's still a process of trial and error, you know, by no means am I perfect at responding to what happens to me, but it's certainly way better than what it was for 24 years. And for 24 years, um, you know, it finally took me 24 years to realize, oh, there's an alternative, you know, you can grow from it as opposed to just go through it. Cause it takes zero skill to have something bad happen to you. It doesn't take any talent to mm-hmm. have that happen. Everyone does. Right. But uh, it definitely takes skill and like a special type of person to learn how to like actually grow from that and become better. Um, and I'm still on that journey every single day. So uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that we as people, uh, you know, working out and working, right, are kind of like the go-to for no matter what. Like you know, even alcoholics work a bunch, like they can work, you know, functioning alcoholics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you're a young kid and you're you're ready to go and you're full of all this energy, you know, to spend most of the year, you know, not being able to work and, and be in the hospital, you know, did that did that play with your mind a lot? Uh, Cause I know that you're, you know, you're a trainer and you love to like, you know, be in the gym. Like, how did you, how did you cope with not being able to do the things that you normally do? Yeah, that was the, that was the culprit from the beginning. So ever since I can remember, I had some sort of injury or whatever. And so when I was in seventh grade, the first bad injury I had is I broke my left foot and the day after it healed, I broke it again. So for eight or nine months during middle school, when I was supposed to be out there playing my sport, playing with my buddies outside, practicing, being active, I was on crutches and I was, I was the crippled kid with the crutches and, you know, people had to carry my books for me and everything. And that was right there where the identity was taken from me. And I had zero clue how to, how to live life without having my physical body. Right. Because I had all these insecurities and all those things. And you're exactly right. And it eventually led up to when I was 23, when I was in the hospital for many, many days out of, of the year for two or three years in a row. We can get into that later. But that was exactly it. I had what my joys and like what I thought was my identity taken from me. And I didn't know what to do. And it was it was a lack of social as well. You know, there, that, that was thrown into it. There wasn't, when you're in seventh and eighth grade, there's not a ton of kids that would be like, oh, I'll come sit inside with you all day, <laughs> you know? So, it, it, and it's just, yeah. I got attention in a weird way from, it was almost like I was addicted. It wasn't almost like it was, but I'm not exactly sure how to word it still. I was addicted to the attention I got from suffering. Um, yes. I was attached to that. Because I lost my physical body, my ability to move and do sports and be active. So I became attached to the, like, identity of the injured person. Oh, he's, you know, feel bad for me type of thing. And that repeated itself over and over again for for many, many years. And how much, you know, how how often as humans do we do that all the time? It's it's that, uh, you know, we... We have an option to be seen how we want to be seen, mm-hmm. as long as we're letting them see us the way that we want to be seen. Does that make any sense? <laughs> you know, like meaning that, like, how dare you have a different perspective of me because I built this construct in my mind that this is the way that you need to view me, and you're almost telling them, right? I think uh, one of the things we've come up with in the last week, and my coach said, is like, 
you know, uh, either surrender or get dragged. There's no other way around it, you know? Yeah. And it, it's like, well, we're, 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 we're showing up on, on social media. We're showing up um, to this event, to this work, to everything. And like our identities is so convoluted in how other people see us instead of just saying like, you know, and that's the hardest thing is that identity. Uh, it's hard not to attach yourself to working out the business, what I look like, uh, how much money I have in my bank account. But when you can conquer that and you can attach your identity to your values, who you are as a person and everything, then, you know, no matter what's in the bank account, no matter what's, you know, uh, how do you feel or if you couldn't work out for three days, then you can find space to, to be, to be grateful. That's exactly right. I, I, uh, I, I didn't realize that until, you know, 24 years old. Uh, fortunately I could say, you know, I, I, some people I'm sure go the whole life without understanding that, which is a, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. You know, when I originally got injured and then I kept having things happen, different sports injuries, a couple of years after that, I almost had my leg amputated and I, and I almost had my quad muscles then taken out for a compartment syndrome injury. And once again, that was a year of like rehab and, and being away from what I was known as the athletic guy who was really good at sports. So I started really getting good at like getting very strict with what was in my control. So I, I started losing control of like what I could do with my body and I started losing control of my emotions. So I got really strict with like tests and what I ate and how I looked like physical appearance, you know, and, and that was obviously a hole that was, <laughs> I was just digging myself a deeper and deeper hole, you know, to the point of severe anxiety, depression, severe perfectionism. You know, I remember in high school, I'm not sure if you're ever like this Austin, but I got a 99% on a chemistry test and I was pissed because I didn't get a hundred, like furious, like really stressed about it. Cause I didn't get a hundred percent, um, ended up developing an eating disorder. It, it went that far just because my physical prowess was taken away. So I got really strict on what I actually had control over, which was what I consumed and how I did in school. So obviously that's a slippery slope, you know? Yes. And how did you go about shifting the narrative for you, you know, and how, how do you have you change in, in all the positive stuff that you're doing these days? Yeah, well, I, I had a lot of downtime. So fast forward to from, uh, in 2018, I was in the hospital for over 300 days. And then 2019, I was in the hospital for over 250 days. Um, 2020, over 100 days. And it's gone down from there. A lot of downtime and a lot of time to reflect. And a lot of time when I was in the hospital, my vision was all blurry, messed up from different medications. And so I had nothing, I couldn't distract myself with TV or YouTube um, most days. And so I got really good at just, holding myself accountable and realizing like my body, I can't move. I'm in this hospital bed hooked up to a hundred tubes. I can't see very well. I used to have nurses like text my parents for me. So what I have left, all I have left is my brain. And so I just turned it into a game. I started getting really good to challenge myself on like giving my, giving myself a score on how well did I focus today and what's in my control versus what's outside of my control. How well did I respond to bad news from the doctor? Um, how well did I control someone who had a weird or mean tone of voice? How did I let it affect me? Um, I just got, I turned it into a game, just like sports. I gave myself a score at a 10 and I still do 
a daily scorecard for myself at a 10 with a couple of different things. Now that was, that was fortunately all I had to do was just get really good at trying to practice sharpening my mind. Um, whereas before that I had other outlets to distract me because I wasn't stuck in a hospital. So with all these injuries in the past, I had other things that could pull my focus away and keep me going down a, a dark hole. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's very fascinating because, um, you know, like uh, I'm reading a book right now and they're talking about like boredom and like, you know, like that amount of boredom and like not being able to distract yourself. Um, you know, you, you could have gone two different ways in, in, in the path that you've chosen. Like the way I think of it in my mind is you almost had like a mental Olympics like where you're Absolutely. like sharpening your, your, your behavior and, and like kind of coming back to center on like, Hey, I can control this the way that I took this news and, and, and so on and so on. And so, you know, obviously now you're, you know, you're out of the, uh, the hospital more than you've probably ever been in a, in a while. Um, yeah. and you know, how do you step back into, um, you know, what you do, which is now you're a trainer and a coach and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you, how do you step back into, um, you know, to be honest with you, a world that you really don't even have a reference for, uh, much because it's, it's too, you know, because nobody's going to give you, uh, nobody's going to, you know, uh, they're not going to give you any credit for the time that you spent in that thing. I think that's one of the most important points that I want to make. You know, any of my friends that have recovered from cancer had medical issues is, is it's not some fucking rainbows and cardinals when you get out, like you have to work, you have to pay <laughs> bills, you know, like it's regular things. Like, um, so you can't use that as a crutch, but it's part of who you are, but it doesn't define you. That's exactly, that's exactly right. I, uh, I, it took me a while to realize that, you know, and it even took me a while to get to that point where I was really good at responding to adversity. The first year of being chronically sick, I handled it terribly like a pansy, you know, just very emotional and childish about it. And part of it was because I didn't think there was an end in sight with all my other injuries. There's always an end date where I'd be like, okay, you're recovered. Once I did finally get out of the hospital more and more though, and, and got better at controlling my own, you know, emotions. Yeah, it was a struggle. I didn't work for almost three years straight just because I couldn't, you know, I was in the hospital all the time. And I started first volunteering. So I got into a retirement home. And then I started volunteering, uh, helping mentor kids with disabilities, uh, particularly autism, just to feel like I'm a productive adult. Because I went from college to hospital to attempting to be a productive adult. <laughs> I didn't. I, my my first two or three years of adulthood was spent in the hospital bed, so I didn't really know what I didn't know. And I was very lucky, you know, humbled. I got to go move back home with my parents. <laughs> That's always a good time. And I started with volunteering and then I started doing part-time work and then part-time turned into full-time. And eventually, you know, last August, I finally moved back into my own place, which was amazing. That was a personal sense of pride to be like, holy crap. You know, I, uh, I didn't necessarily look that far into the future to think I was going to be able to make a full-time living again, you know, and like be a productive adult because for so many years it felt like that wasn't, it just would have been a waste of time to think about it, but it's just very, very small. I did two days a week of volunteering 
And then I did a day a week of work and two days of volunteering and just kept increasing until eventually you and I have talked about this. I got a little too over the line of work, borderline work addiction. So I've had to dial it back more. Um, but it was just crawl, old adage, crawl before you walk. Um, you know, my dad's a CPA. He's, you know, owned his own business long I've been alive. So I had lucky that I had some mentoring from him as well. And very, very small baby steps until the goal is obviously to keep firing all cylinders, you know? And well, you're, think, exactly right. you're exactly well, right. You're exactly right. Go ahead. I was about to say, you're exactly right. I've never gotten one client or one speaking gig or one opportunity because of what I've overcome. <laughs> They don't just be like, oh, congrats, you've done all that. It's amazing. I want you to be my trainer now or my coach or come speak here. Uh, I have gotten one speaking gig from that. But for the most part, you're right. There's no handouts. And I just assumed I had overcome all this. So it's going to be super easy. Like nothing's going <laughs> to compare. It's a different type of difficult and hardship, though, you know, um, going from making not even one penny for three years to now like being able to afford your own place and like work full time. It's a. Uh, it's an interesting challenge. They're both different, obviously, but you're exactly right. There is no handouts. Like no one really cares that much about my past. It can be inspirational and, and I don't want them to, you know, cause it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. I think, I think what's super important is, is that, you know, something you said there is like, you know, the big, the big mountain Everest for me was getting my own place. And, you know, there's people with, uh, you know, Netflix and, and air conditioning and, and their own place and big ass house. And they're still miserable as fuck uh, because we're not grateful because we've got too comfortable and um, you know, it can all be taken away just like that. And uh, you know, there is parts of you that will fight harder and are more appreciative. Um, but I know just like me and just like you, you know, sometimes we have to be reminded how far we've come uh, and how much further we're planning to go and, and respect that moment in time um, when we were just, you know, sitting in the hospital room or when I was a drunk or, you know, all these things. And, and so, you know, my hope to, to everybody is, is that they don't, uh, you know, one of the, we're trying to like come up with this kind of like saying, um, you know, a lot of people are waiting to live instead of living to wait. You know, and it's like, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, you know, we're just, we're just creating a space um, where we're not respecting, um, you know, we're waiting for that victimhood handout. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter what you've been through. Um, you know, we have to go to work and then, you know, there, you're just getting warmed up and you're just getting your feet above you. And if something were to happen, I'm just saying for shits and grins, if you had to go back for a day or two, um, I think that the attitude that you would present with it and the way that you would attack it, it would be totally different um, because you have worked on yourself and you, and you are uh, better for it every, every day. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, in a weird way, I'm not sure if you ever thought about this or felt the same thing, but when something like bad happens, adversity, trauma, whatever you want to call it. I get excited a little bit, not even a little bit. I get excited because I know if it's not death, I will get through it and I'm going to be a better version of myself after it's done. 
So I, I was briefly t- talking to you about well, this past week, I had a kidney infection and I worked the entire week with the kidney infection. And it was extremely difficult, obviously, because like my pinky toes hurt, you know, <laughs> everything hurt and I was sick. However, like in the middle of the week, I was so pumped because I knew once I got over it, I was going to be a better trainer, better human, better coach because I've gotten through it. Whereas the old version of me, I would have cried and called my mom and complained and and bitched and moaned to my clients and stuff like that, you know, um, and, and wanted some pity or someone to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a fun challenge now, you know, in the one way, if I ever feel like I'm losing it, um, you know, I just will actively strategically choose to put myself through adversity just to be like, oh, you're not hot shit, you know, whether it's cold exposure, hot exposure, some physically challenging, um, that's the one way I've realized now that I'm not throwing a curveball every single week. If I go too long in my comfort zone, I'll just strategically do something that's really shitty. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. you can relate to that, you know, knowing how you live your life. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And I didn't, you know, when you said there's no handouts, you know, like, you know, don't take things for granted, things to be taken like that. For so long, I knew that, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, but I didn't comprehend it, you know, until it actually happened to me. So it's it's interesting because there's a lot of things that are like, oh, yeah, that's of course. And then once you actually experience it, it's different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think uh, we're, we're, we're creating – something, whether, uh, you know, let's just use a podcast or company or whatever the hell you're creating, um, off of the narrative, um, that for whatever reason, it's supposed to be easy. Like, no, like that's the genesis to the thing. Like, do do you, do you really want this? Like, um, you know, uh, if it's too easy, then what's the point? I'm actually looking around going, okay, what's the rub here? you know, why, like, you know, and, and so we're, we're, we need to get to a place where we can, uh, not expect, but, but be prepared for, for life to, to, you know, stick us in the ribs. Um, I had a good friend ask me, um, do you think it's possible to be successful without getting punched in the mouth? And I answered in 5.2 seconds and said, no. <laughs> because you know even like the guys that i know that are worth tons of money you know lost everything and they were uber driving back in 07 and they're better for it right because they know the downside right and so we need to step away from the fact that everything's going to be perfect everything's going to be things but what it's offering you is lessons and with lessons you sharpen the sword you get stronger mentally physically everything and um, you know, you, you had an opportunity to tell this narrative, um, you know, for the rest of your life, if you chose to choose it, it easily could be, you know, it's be 80 years old and complaining about your plight in life. Uh, but you've made a, you made a conscious decision to, uh, to use it as fuel, not the other way around. Yeah. The, one of the best examples I like to use when you're, when referring to what you're just talking about is like in the gym. My favorite workouts of all time, the most proud I've ever been in myself, my favorite, most memorable competitions were always the hardest ones. 
I, I, I don't like easy workouts. They're just boring. They're not fun. I don't grow from it, you know? Um, so that's, that's one of my best things. Like I don't have a client, I don't necessarily have clients that ever come in and like, they want an easy workout. That's, you know what I mean? And so it's just the same thing in life is I wanted an easy road when I was younger all the time because I didn't know how to handle stuff that was outside of my control, which of course I can't, you know, right. You can only control what you, how you respond to it. And it's the same thing in the gym, you know, it's the same thing outside in the real world. It's, um, you know, one of the things I love to say a lot is life is not what happens to you. It's how you respond that happens to you. And I believe people who have things happen to them that are unfortunate. Once they learn how to grow from it, they're very fortunate because they're going to be that much bigger, better, stronger. Um, I feel really lucky. You know, if I hadn't experienced what I've experienced, I would be completely a mental pansy compared to what I am now easily. You know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the experiences and, and learn from it and sharpening the sword, as you said. No, I love that. And, you know, as you look forward and you're, you know, looking forward to the next couple of years, you know, what is it that you're working on um, as a person in your business and, and just in general? Yeah, for me, it's uh, the next like challenge. And that's, you know, if that makes sense for three years, um, outside of just overall something big and crazy that really gets sparks of fire in my ass for, for three or four years, the motivation to get out of the hospital and become a normal productive human was, was my, like, that was it. That was my vision. That was my goal. That's every day what I woke up to strive towards now that that's a reality, which is amazing. It's the next thing, you know, obviously I'd like to continue to grow my confidence as a trainer, as a coach, as a speaker, um, keep thriving in that area. But I, I feel like I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't accomplish and overcome what I've experienced just to live normal, if that makes sense. So I want to, you know, I, I have big goals. I, I don't have the specifics on what it is yet. You know, I'm the type of person, I don't want to run a marathon because that's too normal. I'd rather run a hundred mile race. So something that gets me extremely out of my comfort zone, but that's big, like one particular thing. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that with a couple of my coworkers and a couple of my friends, and I haven't quite pinpointed it yet, but uh, I, I'm the type of person that thrives on having something to shoot for, like most people, I'm assuming. Um, and that's, that's really it, besides just becoming more and more confident in this adult business world, which obviously I'm still learning. Um, I would like to establish something in the near future to, uh, that is, some might call crazy, you know, and, and go accomplish it. I'm mainly thinking on a physical aspect, just because physically. Have you have you watched 14 Peaks on Netflix? I have. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't watch stuff like that when you're your <laughs> goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I just selfishly and it's just something I've wanted to do because I, you know, I haven't been basically just a vegetable and 170 pounds and under. Um ICUs for many, many days and hospitals for many, many days out of, for two or three years to like accomplishing a, out of this, uh, at, you know, a non-ordinary event would be amazing. So um, this year I'm starting small. I'm going to do another CrossFit competition, which is great. I used to compete, you know, competitively all the time in California. 
So I'm going to start there and then just keep crawling before I walk, just like I did when I was getting back into the adult life. Well, I know that we talked a couple months ago and I've already seen you grow up a lot since then, even more uh, with your business and who you are as a person. So I only imagine uh, with each passing month, how uh, more, more confident, more in shape uh, and more locked into what you're doing. So it's amazing to watch uh, you come out of that. And, you know, for anybody that's listening to this episode, um, you know, you have an option to make a choice. It's as simple as that. And the choice that you make change your entire life. You can choose to wallow in it or you can choose to uh, do something great with it and use it as fuel. So it's, it's really great to see that. And if people want to follow your journey and they want to figure out how to do that, how would they do that? Yeah, that you, I second everything you just said. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at I am Jack Cernet. Um, that's really my main hub. I don't have a Facebook. Um, I am Jack Cernet. And then I'll be relaunching my website again. It's under some editing and tweaking right now, but it's going to be jackcernet.com. Um, and I'm based out here in Kansas City. So if anyone is in the area, please give me a shout out. I am always down to meet up and do something badass. Um, that's it. Wonderful. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.